Can you hear me now? All right. <laughs> Thank you, Tracy. All right. Good morning, ladies. Just want to thank you for being here this morning on a day that you guys could have been sleeping in. I know that um, some people value their sleep, and I appreciate that you're willing to come here and and encourage me and encourage your um, sisters around you. Last night was wonderful, and I appreciate you guys. I appreciate the games. I appreciate the food. You guys are amazing. So I started out last night talking to you guys about that I was diagnosed with breast cancer a year ago. But with that diagnosis came a renewed strength of my relationship with the Lord. See, for the past year, I've been working on my focus problem. I have been trying to pay attention to my bad habits and trying to replace them with a healthier lifestyle change. Trying to focus on things that truly matter, not a house, not fancy clothes, not those silly arguments of whose turn it was to do the dishes. I'm trying not to be anxious about a dirty house when my husband says, hey, let's go to the beach right now. Life is bigger than silly arguments, dirty dishes, laundry that hasn't been put away. Unfortunately, I still struggle. I still want that clean house. There's still going to be the arguments, but I'm more aware of where my focus should be. I slip up, I take steps backwards, but I try to also take those steps forward. I'm trying. Did you know that it takes an average of 66 days for a new behavior to become a habit, for it to become automatic? For some people, it can take closer to 254 days of doing the same thing before it's a habit. What kind of habits do you have in your home? Do you take those vitamins daily, or are they sitting on the counter with great intentions expiring? (laughs) Do you check social media or your email the moment you wake up? Or do you sit quietly with a cup of coffee reading God's word? Do you hit the ground running every morning? Or do you stand in awe of the sunrise? If you're up that early. (laughs) Do you have a habit of eating breakfast? Or do you skip that meal? Do you unintentionally rob a sister from serving you because you're in the habit of doing everything yourself? Do you cheat yourself out of sound advice, because when they ask you out of habit, you said, I'm fine, even though something is really bothering you. We all have habits, some healthy, some not so healthy. At one point, my unhealthy habit was drinking a chai tea every morning. Didn't have to think about it. I just just warmed up that milk and and started it. I'm sorry, I lost my place. Um... But I also had a healthy habit, jiu-jitsu, something that has been on hold for a year, but maybe a little bit longer now. Um, but I trained every, every week, two to three days a week at the, at the least. Didn't have to think about what I was doing Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays. I just went. But not only did I train, it didn't come naturally, so I had to train hard. I had to work Some days I had to push myself to go because I didn't feel like I was um, progressing. Some days Sai encouraged me, but some days it was just the desire to laugh with my girlfriends at the gym. But any way I look at it, it's become a habit for over six and a half years. It can be grueling. I get squished. I've popped ribs out of places. I've dislocated toes, and now I have a knee injury. (laughs) 
But honestly, it's fun and it's fulfilling and it's satisfying to see the results. Each time I got a stripe on my belt, it bolstered me to keep going, reminding me that all the work was worth it. And yet, it was just a hobby. I'm just in the habit of doing it. Some days I need to remind myself that as I work hard in jiu-jitsu, I need to work harder in my prayer life, my study, and recognizing my blessings. I need to work harder at encouraging those around me. Simply put, I need to work harder at serving the Lord every day. It's a choice I have to make. These are habits I can choose to foster. So don't misunderstand me when I say habit. Some of these habits should be and are a way of our life. And that's how it should be with God. should be a way of life. Do you remember when you first put on Christ? Whether you were raised in the church and it was a natural step in your youth or you discovered Christ in your later life, I hope it was memorable. I asked these questions last night, but I think they're important questions to reflect on, so I'm going to ask again. Do you remember the energy you had for the Lord when you put on Christ? Do you remember how thirsty you were for his word? And do you remember how excited you were to introduce your loved ones to the Lord? Are we just as excited about being the daughter of our Lord? Do we want to be fed with a little bit of trickle water, or do we want a fire hose? Do we have energy that's dwindling? Have we lost our focus and having a hard time seeing the path that's before us? Sometimes we need to renew our focus. Sometimes we don't know how to prioritize our day, resulting in putting God on the back burner. Other times it's indifference that we feel toward the day. I mean, what can I possibly have that others need? Am I in a habit of believing that someone is always smarter, more talented, and better at doing everything that I am? So I just let them do it. Have I fallen into a trap of being habitually ungrateful, entitled, rather than seeing it as a blessing? What about getting in the habit of being lazy? Remember that hobby, that job we have? We put our all into it. We work hard. Why aren't we putting that work into our Lord? Have we become half-hearted, idle, or inattentive? Habits can be broken, that's the good news. We can renew our walk. It just takes a desire to please our Lord. It takes understanding of what Christ did for us and the example he gave to us. little tweaking of our spiritual glasses and that desire will grow. The excitement can come back. We will be thirsty again. Let's see if we can clean those smudges off our glasses so we can see clearly again. Remember, that doesn't mean you have to give up those habits, some good habits, but there's always room for more. There's always room for better. Let's strive to create habits that people think of us as energetic, habits that make others understand that we're available, we're caring, we're interested, we're thankful, we're hardworking, enthusiastic, mindful, and active. Yesterday I was challenged to talk about recognizing our vision problem so we can refocus. By digging into scriptures, I saw the characters that lost focus in myself. I saw that even though they knew God, um, God and were obedient, it didn't mean they always stayed on task. Just like they needed reminding, I do too. This morning's focus is to renew our prescription, renew our minds, and get a crisp, clear sight on God. We need to build new habits 
new healthy habits, heavenly habits. Change isn't easy. It's messy. It's hard work. Bad habits are easy to settle into, almost like the root, uh, the ruts in the ground created by high, uh, the semis. We could let go of the wheel and just follow that path. We're on an autopilot. How often have you guys driven home wondering how in the world I got home so quickly? I couldn't describe a single car, a single person, a single landmark because my mind was so busy. I just drove home. How often do we start our day without even a thought to God? We hit the ground running, and we don't stop until our heads hit the pillows at night. I'm hoping this, cha- uh, this lesson challenges each of us to stretch and to grow. So let's get serious about creating new habits. In your packets, you'll find a paper that is labeled, Create in Me, Good Habits. As we focus on this lesson, you can use this paper, or you can write it later, but on this paper, it, um, it has ideas, or I'm sorry, it doesn't have ideas, it's where you can write your ideas, because it's proven that people do not start new habits if it's not written down. It just becomes head knowledge and a good idea, but it rarely turns into reality. So at the top of each section, you'll see a thing that says new habits. Leave that blank for right now. But in, underneath it, each section is lines. Just jot down some, some ideas, maybe something you're doing, something you've done in the past, something you've seen your friend doing that you like. Maybe it's something you see in this lesson. But write down as many things as you can think of for each different section. And I encourage you, by the end of today's date, write down in the new habit space a habit that you want to create, one that you're going to commit to. doesn't have to be one, but let's try to start for, with one in each category. So I'm going to start with prayer life. But first I want to share a poem, and that is in the packet. It's called The Difference. I got up early one morning and rushed right into the day. I had so much to accomplish that I didn't have time to pray. Problems just tumbled about me, and heavier came each task. Why doesn't God help me? I wonder, he said, but you didn't ask. I wanted to see joy and beauty, but the day toiled on, gray and bleak. I wondered why God didn't show me, he said, but you didn't seek. I tried to come into God's presence. I used all my keys at the lock. God gently and lovingly chided, my child, you didn't knock. I woke up early this morning and paused before entering the day. I had so much to accomplish that I had to take time to pray. Maybe you already have an amazing prayer life, and that's a wonderful thing to have. Or maybe this poem hits a little too close to home like it did for me. For those of us that struggle talking with the Lord, what's getting in our way? Exhaustion, causing us to hit that snooze button one too many times that we have to rush out that door? Busyness. Maybe we have scheduled every part of our day, but we haven't left room for the Lord. Being unaware of wormholes. How many times have we got on Facebook and two hours later we're shocked to see the time? Ignorance. Not understanding how much prayer does for me or for those around me. Indifference. Eh, it's not important. God knows my heart. He knows what my needs are. Why do I have to tell him? But sisters, 
I have to suggest that God does want us to continually communicate with him. In order to have a healthy relationship, we communicate with each other, right? We're able to tell each other how much we appreciate about each other, what we need from each other, or just to get to know one another. Why do we expect to know God if we can't, don't communicate with him? We have plenty of examples in scriptures. Colossians 4.2 tells us to continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Romans 12.12 says, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulations, be constant in prayer. James 5.13 says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Jesus tells us in Luke 18.1, through a parable, to always pray and not to lose heart. In fact, we have examples of Jesus going to the Father himself in prayer. The entire 17th chapter of Luke is a record of his prayer to our Father, Luke 5.16 tells us, but he, speaking of Jesus, would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Jesus prayed three times in the garden before he was taken to the cross, and he prayed while he was on the cross hanging in pain, and he prays, and he prays. The beautiful part is that God listens to us. Proverbs 15.29 says, the Lord is afar from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. God wants to hear us. He wants to have a, a relationship with us. Every morning, Sai and I, have, um, since we moved to Florida, have created a habit. We take a short walk every single morning. We use that time to talk about our day, of what we're going to be doing, so that we know how to be considerate of each other's time, how to help each other throughout the day, and it helps us to stay connected. Every evening, we go for a walk, and we talk about our day. We talk about what we got to do, what we didn't get to do, and just our feelings for that day. Why should we treat God any differently? So I'm going to share a sweet memory of my oldest, TJ. Most of you guys probably know him. Every morning, he would come into my room, Good morning, Mama, <laughs> in that sweet little voice. He'd crawl into my bed, and we would snuggle, and it would just set the perfect tone for the morning. We would we would be able to ha- laugh and play all day. But there were times he'd walk in and he was sour and he'd cry and he'd mumble something and I couldn't understand it. And if I got out of bed with him, the entire day went that way. So I told him when he would come in walking, crying and, and whining, we don't wake up grumpy, grumpy, go back to bed until you can say good morning. He would turn around and he'd go back to bed and most time fall back to sleep but he'd always come back in a little bit later and say, good morning, Mama. And the tone was reset. The day was good. I loved that. I did that with my other three boys. It set a routine. It set a habit. I don't have that anymore with my children, sadly, but I can just imagine if I focused on God before getting out of bed in the morning, praying to God, saying, good morning, Father. I'm ready for the day. Please help me to have a great attitude throughout the day. Please help me to be a, proud, a child that you can be proud of. And then saying to yourself, this is going to be a great day. What would your focus be that morning? Now imagine crawling into bed the day um, for the day and saying to yourself, what a great day today was. Good evening, Father. Thank you for each great thing that happened today. If this became a habit... What kind of outlook would we have on life? In what ways would we start changing our focus?
Would it help you be focused on being obedient, causing, or because obedience causes joy? How would it help you focus on all the blessings you've had? We're going to establish wonderful prayer habits. Let's open our eyes in the morning and say good morning and focus on God. Include him in our plans for the day. Psalms 5.3 says, In the morning, O Lord, hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my needs in front of you and I wait. Thank you, God, for waking me up. Pray for a peaceful day. Ask him to help you be, be bold in your day. Be a spokesman. Seek guidance from him so you can be patient, kind, and loving to those around you. Ask God to give you an opportunity to serve. You could think about using a prayer journal. Write down your thoughts. Sai and I took a, few, a class a few years back and was introduced to the ACTS method. We found it a great way to organize our thoughts. It's also in your packets. Every day as you talk to the Lord, remember to adore him, confess to him, thank him, and solicit your needs and wants. David gave us a great example of adoration in Psalms 8.1. O Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Throughout the Psalms, David praises him for all he's created. He acknowledges him for his mighty works that only God could do. He praises his wisdom. He recognizes that God is our salvation, that he's our protector. He's gracious. He's good. He's loving. He's patient. And he's righteous. I could go on and on. But what's important is that we see it for ourselves that God is every bit of those things and more. Just open your eyes. After writing your adorations, confess to him. Be open. Be honest. After all, God already knows, but it's so healing to confess to a God that loves us and wants us as his own. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins. The next thing you could do is write down your thanksgivings. There is so much to be thankful for. God is great. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances. Lastly, write down your solicitations. God wants us to come boldly before his throne. 1 John 5.14 says, And in this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he will see or, I'm sorry, he will hear us. As we look back in our prayer journal, we can see where God is answering our prayers. It's amazing to truly see what God is actively doing in our lives. Another good habit could be asking your, pray, uh, your spouse to pray with you. Let him know your concerns and ask him to go to the Lord on your behalf. It's truly a wonderful thing to hear our husbands pray with us and for us. Get a prayer buddy. Pray with each other. Set a day each week that you sit together and pray. It could be over the phone. It could be over text. It could be over email or it could be in person. But get a prayer buddy. Whatever you decide, decide to start that habit today. Not tomorrow, but today. Make a commitment to the Lord. Schedule out purposeful time to pray. With our busy lives, it's important to set that time and stick to it. Once it becomes a habit, you'll wonder how you manage to not pray and have an um, intimate time with our God. The next habit I'd like to encourage everyone to focus on is studying God's word. What are some of the excuses we use not to focus on God's word? Who do we blame? 
our children for keeping us too busy, our work because we're too exhausted by the end of the day? What about our busy schedule? How do you expect me to fit in one more thing? Too many things are going on in the background, getting us distracted. Let's see what we can do to do away with those excuses and renew our devotion to our Lord. In order to build a strong relationship with the Lord, we need to really know him. God is good. He is definitely worth knowing. The more we see what God has done for us, the stronger our faith. Let's encourage one another to really dig into God's word. Another reason to study is the fact that hindsight is twenty twenty. Sometimes we jump right into something not knowing anything about it when we could have saved ourselves so much grief if we have just taken the time to study on the subject. God's word is no different. We can see he is making the path easy to travel if only we listen. We can see that as a creator, his ways are always best. But how do we know those ways if we don't study? How do we keep our faith from wavering? under somebody's scrutiny if we don't have the answers for our faith. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in the heart's honor, Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a difference to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. We need to study so we can do our best to present ourselves as God is one or to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, Rightly handling the word of truth. That's Second Timothy two fifteen. Studying God's word gives us hope. Romans fifteen four says that whatever was written in former days was written for our instructions, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we may have hope. What habits have you put in place to ensure that you have time to study every day? Remember, studying and reading are two separate things. It's great to have an app with a reading program that gives us our daily reading, but I encourage you to really meditate on those words if that's how you're going to study. Really look and see the background of those verses. See if those verses apply to you. See what the lessons were in the stories that you just read. To get into the habit of studying each day, you need to pay attention to your day. What is the most, or I'm sorry, where is the most of your idle time spent? Plenty of us spend hours on social media, (laughs) browsing the web, looking at Pinterest, playing silly games on our phones. What can we cut out so we can have quality time in God's word? If you pay attention to your day, you'll probably notice a pattern. Start being purposeful. Set an alarm for the same time every day and study. Set your alarm to wake up a little earlier so you aren't in much of a rush getting about your day. Try to get distractions to a minimum. Have a study buddy. Someone that reads the same portion of scripture you're going to so you can have a meaningful discussion and keep you accountable. Join a ladies Bible study. And if there isn't one, start one. Set limits on your screen time. While we're digging into God's word, now is the time to focus on memorization as well. Decide on a different scripture each week, each month. Commit it to memory. There are so many tools online that could set you up with a weekly or monthly challenge of scripture memory. We could start with Psalms 119.11. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Our next goal is to express gratitude and our blessings. First thing, we need to quit comparing ourselves to others. Martha cried about the unfairness of it all. 
She had to work while her sister merely sat and listened. Are we distracted by what the others around us have, using that as a measuring stick of our self-worth? Are we too busy resenting to recognize the blessings in our own lives? Is our vision so blurred that we don't see that their struggles are just as real as ours, just different? We have God in our corner, and we are forgetting that blessing. Instead of comparing yourselves and letting resentment set in, let's start recognizing our blessings for what they are. We need to guard our minds and protect our thoughts. Before we know it, if we are not guarding those minds, protecting those thoughts, we start stewing in self-pity when we should be bathing in the riches God has blessed us with. When we fix our sights on God, God fixes his sights on us. When we learn satisfaction, we learn to counter blessings. It's easy for people to say, eh, I'm thankful, but then they leave it at that. In Psalms 9.1, says, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. Tells us to tell his wonderful deeds. It's action. It's purposeful. Let's express, express our thankfulness. Let's thank God daily. But not only that, let's remember who God placed in our lives and what they have done for us and thank them. Let them know how much you appreciate them and what a blessing you are, they are to you. What kind of habits can we create to ensure our focus on our blessings? My husband writes a thankful list. He makes sure to write down several things each morning. Each, I'm sorry. Um, so we could choose a day of the week, set a reminder, take a few moments, write or call someone new each week and tell them why they are a blessing to you. In your prayers, make sure you take advantage of that time to tell God what you're thankful for and be specific. Have you ever seen Facebook folks writing new things they are thankful for each day for the month of November? Treat every day like it's the month of November. Use your social media to give glory to God. Our gratitude instills humility. When we recognize where all our blessings come from, it reminds us how great God is. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The last habit I want us to focus on today is the acts of service. Service isn't always natural. It also needs to be purposeful. We need to look for ways to serve. We need to ask God for opportunities to serve. If we ask God daily to show us those needs, it helps us to remind or to remember to seek. I remember one day TJ and I were pulling up into a bank. He was getting his very first account. And for whatever reason, I sat and I said, God, will you show me someone that I can help today? We walked into the bank and the teller was, or the, the banking person was brand new to the area. And she was very uh, friendly. And I asked her, do you go to church? She goes, no, but I've been looking. Do you know she started coming to church with us? I don't know if I would have been bold enough to ask if I hadn't stopped and prayed and asked God to show me where I can serve. If we ask daily, God will show us needs. He will help and, and so that we can serve. Christ himself sought to be a servant. In Mark 10.45, Jesus said, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. 
The ultimate service was giving his life for us. He doesn't demand that of us. But he gave us also examples of humility through other services. We talked about in John uh, chapter 13 yesterday about Jesus washing his disciples' feet, even Judas knowing that he was about to be betrayed. It appears to me that faith and service goes hand in hand. James 2.18 tells us, Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. We can serve others in so many ways. Mary listened. Have you ever thought of listening as service? Have you ever just needed a friend to listen? Maybe you had a loss and you just needed a loving ear. Maybe you just needed to talk out a situation. During the past year, I've had a few sisters that I have talked their ears off. (laughs) I talked about my fears. I talked about my thought process. I talked about my treatment choices. I talked about my pains and my celebrations. Those sisters served me in ways that they will never grasp. I didn't always need them to give me answers. Most of the time, I just had to come to those conclusions myself. I just needed them to let me cry on their shoulders. I needed to be able to talk out loud, just to make sure my decisions made sense. They sat with me even thousands of miles away, and they listened. They didn't pretend to know how I was feeling. They didn't pretend to know the answers. They just validated my feelings. We are in a world where everyone seems to want to put their two cents in, even if it means finishing someone else's sentences. Have you ever felt truly loved because you noticed someone was genuinely interested in you and the things that they knew that needed to be ta- or that you needed to talk out? They didn't interrupt. They gave you genuine attention. In the last few days, can you think about if you truly listen to someone without interrupting? A challenging habit to make would be to concentrate on your conversations. See if you're an interrupter. If you are, try to just listen. Give them your attention that you want them to give to you when it's your turn to speak. I love this quote. Listen with curiosity. The greatest problem with communication is that we don't listen to understand. We listen to reply. When we listen with curiosity... We don't listen with the intent to reply. We listen for the words behind, I'm sorry, for what's behind the words. Let's serve others around us with intentionally listening. Another habit we could build is to encourage one another. Pay attention to those around you. Have you ever noticed that a sister that hasn't been attending regularly hasn't been checked on? Well, check on her. Have you ever noticed a sister that's not behaving normally, she's gloomy or down, go talk to her. See if there's something you can do to help. When you see someone step out of their comfort zone, praise them. Encourage them to not give up. God gives us a family for a purpose. One of the purposes is described in 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up. Maybe that new habit you want to adopt is each week you pick someone new, you write an encouraging card, a text, or make a phone call. Find a stranger, compliment them. I can assure you, a sincere compliment can make a person's day. I had three different people on three different occasions 
all in the same week, tell me I had a beautiful smile. One day, one lady actually went as far to say is, my smile made her joyful. I had never met her before, but you better believe it made me feel good. Whatever you do, pick, or whatever you do, make sure you pick a same day, put it in your calendar, stick with it, encourage someone. Some acts of service are opportunistic. It could be delivering dinner to a new mom or a sick friend. It could be cleaning a sister's home that just had surgery or has health issues. It could be providing babysitting for a young couple so that they could go out on a date night. It could be offering to pray with somebody. Pray with your sister. Over the past year, I've prayed a lot. Some days, I didn't even know what to pray for, but my brothers and sisters did. They covered me with prayers. Some prayed with me, and some prayed for me. But I can guarantee you, every single day for the last year, someone has mentioned me to their father, to our father. And I can never express how healing that was for me, knowing I had prayer warriors on my side. It's a great service. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. What a blessing it is to serve. In the same vein of thought, sisters, let's get in the habit of allowing our sisters and brothers to serve us. I remember telling a dear brother one time that he would he hardly would invite a um, or in, accept a dinner invitation because he kept feeling like he was taking food out of the mouths of our kids. But I had to tell him, "You are robbing me and Sai of our service to you." That kind of stuck. <laughs> he had to he had to start accepting. We also need to stop getting into ruts. Whatever habits we choose, or whatever habits we choose to create, remember to give yourself room to grow. You may start off small, but don't stop there. Challenge yourself. Challenge yourself to get out of your own way and let Christ work with you. If you try out something, whether it's for a short time or a long time, remember it's okay to outgrow that habit. Just replace it with a new healthy habit. There may be times that it's time to teach, and there may be times where it's time to pass on that teaching um, responsibility. Just make sure you replace that with a new great habit. Don't let that time be filled with the world. There are strengths in numbers. The Lord sent them out by twos. They helped each other stay on track. We can help each other too. Reading Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 reminds us that two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone, when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. I would suggest you could get an accountability sister to help establish goals. Schedule reminders. Call her and ask her how she's doing. Ask her if she's keeping on task. If she's not, ask her how you can help. Tell her how you're doing. Tell her what you have done to maintain your habits. Share with her the joys of the new habits are bringing. Because they will surely bring you joy and those around you joy. If you'd rather not have accountability sisters, then use other tools at your fingertips. We all have phones. 
set daily reminders, monthly reminders, weekly reminders. Just put them in your calendar and don't forget to set the alarm. Honor that time. Honor that commitment. Get the daily scripture app and study that scripture. Get your favorite scripture. Write it down. Commit it to memory. Get a journal or a plain spiral-bound notebook and start a prayer journal, Thanksgiving journal. Set reminders to use it daily. We have so many tools we can utilize. We don't have to make it up. I promise developing these good, godly habits will bring as much blessings to you as those around you. I'd like to end this with, while God has perfect vision for us, hindsight is twenty twenty. If we knew now what we knew then, we would never have started that bad habit that steals our time. If only... I'm sorry. If only we knew how easy it is to overburden ourselves with needless things, we could have immediately started creating those habits that would glorify God, that would propel us forward toward the beautiful words, well done, good and faithful servant. We have work ahead of us. We have bad habits to break and good habits to create. We have things we need to ditch and replace them with God. God will be there with us every step of the way. He knows we will wear ourselves out. He knows we'll be exhausted. He knows that will cause us to lose our focus. But he encourages us to keep on keeping on and that he will be with us. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Think about who you can impact today. Think about who you can bless.